Did you know that Nicolas Cage has been middle-aged for his entire life? Did you know that Nicolas Cage is not nearly as bad an actor as a lot of people make him out to be? People say he's a bad actor? Mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is like the act like the actor version of Nickelback. People just don't like him. But but he's so good. I know that. You know that. Do they know that? No. They, those, listening in on our private intrusive thoughts right now? No. They don't know that? No. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's in their heads. I am not as a... They, as they make their morning commute with their $7 coffee, latte, whatever the five hundred. you think they know that Nicolas Cage has been middle-aged his entire life and he's a good actor? Probably not. It's embarrassing. They ought to know. Now they do. Do you think they know that Jay Baruchel is also a good actor? Definitely not. <laughs> I, I, I don't think they know who Jay Baruchel is. I love him as an actor, so... Jay Bar- well, the thing about Jay Baruchel is that whenever Jay Baruchel is in a role, it's just Jay Baruchel kind of like this or kind of like that. He's like sp- flavored sparkling water. <laughs> That's what Jay Baruchel is. He's LaCroix. Jay Baruchel is LaCroix. And and it's it's like almost and it's almost a role, but it's still so much just all Jay Baruchel that you're like that sucks. But sometimes it's really really good. There are plenty of people that have made careers off stuff like that, though. Like yeah, like Jay Johnny Baruchel. Depp and Jim Carrey. They've made careers off just being themselves. Johnny Depp is just house batch bourbon. He never mind Lacroix. He is just no label bourbon. Alrighty. What are we talking about today? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> We watched the movie, as voted on by our lovely audience, uh, called The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I had seen before. James had not. Seen it a couple times, actually. I still took a bunch of notes, but... Because I haven't seen it enough to, like, consider myself, like, an expert, but I've seen it. So, it it was... That was a movie. This is a critically destroyed movie. Mm-hmm. But IMDb's got it at 6.1, which is better than some of the other really critically acclaimed movies that we've watched. So, who's to say? We Not are. the critics, those dumb fucks. We're to say. That's what this whole fucking thing's about. And that is what this whole fucking thing's about. So, I knew Jay Baruchel was going to be in it, and I knew that Nicolas Cage was going to be in it. I like both of those guys very much. I My issue with this movie comes from the fact that I don't know if it's based off of, like, Fantasia, or <laughs> if it's supposed to be based off the book series, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, or some amalgamation of both, and I still don't have an answer to this day. I don't know. What I do know is Alfred Molina is also in this movie, and he's incredible. We are talking about different things. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. There's a... Okay, so when this movie came out, I thought it was based off the book series, Mm -hmm. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, which is a great book series. I highly recommend it. I haven't read it since I was, like, wee. But a wee child. Um, But 
there's, but then when I watched it, it had more references to like the Fantasia Sorcerer's Apprentice, that whole Mickey scene in there. And I was, so I've never come to like a concise answer on whether or not it's like one, the other, or both. When are we going to get a Kingdom Hearts where Sora goes to New York and has to run around with Jay Baruchel and Nicolas Cage? Never. Why? It did not do that well. But it would have it would have been so cool because Nick Cage would have one thousand percent said yes to doing the voice role and everything and the motion capture and Jay Baruchel, he's not doing anything. He also would have said yes to doing all of those things and it just would have been so good and that blonde actress whose name escapes me because she's every other pretty next girl girl next door i'm surprised Uh, it wasn't hayden panettiere at this point oh in case you didn't notice by looking at the cast of the movie they spent all their money on nicholas cage alfred molina and jay baruchel and that's it no one else is even a little bit like famous like, they might be successful actors, but they're not those guys. The money was spent on those guys and special effects, and that's it. And the script, because the script is great. The writing in the script is actually genuinely very good. Story, eh, you know, it's fine. But the dialogue. lines, the dialogue lines are crisp. Whoever wrote this dialogue is just, he knows how conversations work. And the delivery on it was... Always perfect. Never missed. Never missed. Not one time. So, let's begin. First of all, we start with (coughs) Merlin. Sorry. And Merlin has three apprentices, and they are Balthazar, Nicolas Cage, uh, fucking Horvath, uh, and that's Alvin Malia, and Veronica. Also, like, can we talk about the fact it's, like, Balthazar, Horvath, and Veronica? Veronica. (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm not in charge. I didn't name him. Uh, but we don't see or hear from Veronica besides the first scene and the last scene. So, she's irrelevant. The story is about She's kind of very important. Well, yeah, but she doesn't have screen time, so whatever. Um, okay, so we're back in the year 700 AD in Britain, as explained via on-screen text. Uh, everyone, the little... Group gets betrayed by Horvath, who is uh, attempting to overthrow Merlin to enable Morgana, the sorceress Morgana, and that's how you pronounce it, just so you guys know. It's pronounced Morgana, and it always has been pronounced Morgana, and I don't give a fuck what the mouse has to say about it. It's pronounced Morgana, not Morgana, Morgana. You took away my whole joke that I had lined up for that, James, and I'm mad about it. I'm sorry, it bothered me. I It bothered me too, and I wrote a whole Leviosa, not Leviosa joke, and then you just... Oh, that's great. You should tell it anyways. No, you just ruined it all. No, I don't think I ruined it. I think I just preempted you and ruined it. So It's Morgana, not Morgana. Is that the joke? It was going to be better, but you ruined it. Your joke sucks. Shut up! So... Morgana beats Merlin with Horvath's help and fatally wounds him. And then they, the, the whole goal is to get this spell from Merlin's book of spells that enables them to raise the dead. Yes. 
Well, that poses an interesting question that I also had lined up before you just run away with my notes again. Okay. Um, Merlin, good guy or bad guy? Discuss. Uh, really right down the middle. Yeah. <laughs> really? he Merlin is like the wizard mercenary of the fantasy world. Okay. He, like, I don't think he has an allegiance to anything whatsoever, and I think his moral and ethical compass do not exist. Merlin's allegiance is to Merlin. Merlin's allegiance is to Merlin. That's a big facts. And whatever serves Merlin's... He is a true Slytherin, which he is a Slytherin, by the the way. way. We get to claim Merlin. I'll take that. Yeah, that fucking dusty cunt. Um, but no, he, that's what I was like, because a lot of people hate Merlin, and then a lot of people love Merlin, so I, I was just curious, like, I was like, do you think he's a good guy or a bad guy? I think Merlin strictly exists to benefit Merlin. I don't think he is a good guy. If there's something in it for him to help the good guys, he'll help the good guys. If there's something in it to help the bad guys, he'll help the bad guys. It really is irrelevant. Merlin is Merlin is Merlin. Which is why he has that spell in his spell book. Like, it's Race, a bad, bad spell. It's a bad spell. It's a bad spell for bad people. But he's the But he's good the good guy. guy. Yeah, sure, whatever. He's got a stupid pointy hat and doesn't even wear it. Anyways. Uh, Merlin doesn't have a pointy hat. That's right. Yen Sid has a pointy hat. Yen Sid does have a pointy hat. So, uh, we're still back in time and fucking... Merlin gets got, and they steal the spell, and then is a like they're gonna kill Balthazar too, and then as a last minute, uh, quote unquote sacrifice, uh, Veronica uses magic to absorb Morgana's soul into Veronica's body, which to me seems like a much bigger, badder spell than raising the dead. If you can just suck the soul out of somebody and they can't do anything about it and you just put it inside you that seems way more badass more badass but does it help you take over the world it can Not really it can. it'll take you a lot longer than having an army but what if you had dead. what if you had all the souls in your body what if you just had all the souls in your body all the power of all the souls if you could i don't think out, it works that if way you could figure out a way to mush all the souls so that they become nuclear power and you just are nuclear powered do you have any notes for this movie, James? Kind of. I don't. Is it, <laughs> most of the time, it's just like, "Fuck, this dialogue's good." I didn't expect this movie to be bad, and it's not bad. This is wow. Those are my notes. Oh. Um, Merlin was never just. He was a madman. Morgana is always the bad guy. Morgana uh, is historically, well, historically, the bad guy. Also, why are wizards fighting with swords? Uh, they it. just do they do melee combat so much. And yeah, there's some cool magic duels in the movie, but they just do swords all the time. Psst, psst. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's to save the money on special effects. Well, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> but guess what? It's Disney in 2010. They have all the money. Not for this B-rated movie. It's a shame it's B-rated. God, Balthazar is the baddest motherfucker, apparently. Merlin has such an ego. And vandalism. Um, So, do you have more notes before vandalism? Uh, Just that as we jump from 
the past, Morgana. Oh yeah, they gets put him in a nesting doll by Veronica, and then Balthazar traps them in the. Uh, they said it like a thousand times. The, oh fuck! What's the name of the thing? It's just a nesting doll. It's just a magic nesting doll. It's not Grindelwald or Grindelwald. Gor- Gorth. Gor- Gorm. Gar. Gar. Gargoyle. Gargoyle. It's not Gargoyle. Is it Gargoyle? We just watched this damn movie and Did they we? said it a thousand Did fucking we? times. I'm gonna go back to IMDb to figure it out. Anyways, they get trapped in the Russian nesting doll that has a name that definitely starts with a G. The Gersenshaverton. Um, and then we jump to. Well, we get, like, this little time-lapse, and we find out that Balthazar has to... The Grimhold! The Grimhold. The Grimhold. Um, Balthazar has to... He's told by Merlin to take Merlin's ring and go find the, the Prime, Prime Merlinian. Merlinian. Which is named by Merlin, which is what my note is about Merlin having such an ego. It's like, you fucking named the best wizard besides you after you, you fuck. I think it's just a way to, like, claim, like, descendancy. So, like... There's Morganians and there's Merlinians, because apparently all wizards originate from Morgana or Merlin, which is not the case, but I digress. I don't know how magic works in this movie. Um, that's just, it's just... Actually, they do a really good job of explaining how certain parts of magic work in the realm of science in this movie, and I thought that was fun. Um, so Balthazar goes through history. He captures a bunch of other Morganians that want to... Release Morgana from the Grimhold. Um, and he also puts them in the Grimhold, and so on and so forth. He eventually catches Horthrax. Horvath. Horvath. Horthrax? I don't know. Did you watch the movie? Horvath as well. Horvath. Good job. Well done. Um, and they trap him in the nesting doll, and then we're eventually told that it's been like a thousand years. It's 2000. The year is 2000. And up into the year 3000. Whatever. And uh, then one of my favorite kid actors is on screen. Right, whose name escapes me. I think it's Jake Cherry or something. He's cute. He's a good kid. He's a really good actor. He's, I think, does he play... Is he the kid in Night at the Museum? I believe so, yes. He's Nicky, right. Okay. I believe That so. kid's got a lot of money. Um, I think Jerry Bruckheimer likes the same. He collects. Yeah. He collects individuals and puts them in his movies. Um, So it's the year 2000. Uh, I was right. It is Jake Cherry. Ha ha. Little homie Dave Stutler is uh, on a field trip to New York with uh, with his class. And he draws... In Sharpie, on the window of his bus... Vandalism, uh, King, Dave. King Kong, like, if you were to have a picture of the Empire State Building and you were to draw King Kong on the back of that, like, wrapping himself around the building, that's like, what he drew. Planes. So that when the bus goes over the bridge and the Empire State Building comes into view, it would line up with his drawing and it would look like a really scratchy cartoon King Kong was wrapping himself around the Empire State Building. It was cool. It's fun with perspective. It doesn't matter. Uh, he was trying to impress his crush, Becky. Uh, his homie was there going, you shouldn't do that, Dave. Also, how did he line it up so perfectly? I assume he's just been there before. That just takes a lot of, like, even if you've been there before, to get it lined up 
a hundred percent perfectly on the Empire State Building. He's a nerd. What do you want from him? So they they do the fucking. I want realistic they expectations. Do, they do the fucking field trip, and then they. Uh, God, they're like sitting and listening to the teacher explain something about. I think Ellis Island. I'm not sure. Ooh, not me. important. It's irrelevant. What is important is that uh, Dave writes a note to Becky. Oh boy. And he is asking her if she's like views him as a friend or a boyfriend. Um, I think his exact notes are like friend or girlfriend to her. Yeah. And he passes the note. And the most improper note passing I have ever seen happens. Because they pass, he says, pass it to Becky. And the next kid says, pass it to Becky. And then you hear, pass it on, pass it on. And then the fifth kid or sixth kid, I've lost count, says, pass it to Becky. And I was like, uh-uh-uh. Uh uh uh. Those other two kids didn't tell you it was for Becky. How the fuck do you know where it's going to? Uh uh uh. You didn't hear the first kid or Dave say pass it to Becky. You just heard pass it on. That's not how fucking note passing works. I was, at all. I was homeschooled. I don't know how it works. Well, you don't. If you tell someone to pass it and they're like pass it on, do you just you, you don't go pass it to Becky because you don't know who it's going to? Ah, uh, jeez, you really upset about this. I passed a lot of notes, and then she. Puts the note down. Yeah, she like marks on it and then sets it down. That is also improper note passing yeah, you etiquette. Send, you, gotta, you gotta send it back. You either hold on to it until you can give it to the person or you pass it back. You don't just drop it and like assume he's going to get it. If she had done proper note passing, the rest of the fucking movie wouldn't have happened. That's true. So she sets it down and they get... Asked, they get told they're about to leave, so they all start getting up and getting ready to roll out. And then he sees the note, and it's on this, like, lamppost or feeder or whatever. And ah, I fell over. I forgot I don't have an arm. Don't have an arm on my chair. Leave me alone. It's um, so, like plot twist to the people that only listen to us. <laughs> surprise, I only have one arm. Uh, so he's uh, he goes to grab the note, and it blows away and in a series of increasingly outrageous circumstances the note gets blown trampled ridden over tossed around and then finally hits and is pinned to the door of a store called the arcana cabana arcana cabana whatever well if we're going by this movie's pronunciations it probably would be arcana cabana arcana cabana um but the only thing I have to say about that whole note sequence is a uh, good thing that paper was yellow. Yeah, you never would have tracked it otherwise. Yeah, because there was just, they made a whole point that there were other papers blowing, but there was always just one yellow paper, so it was really easy to keep track of it. But the yeah, whole movie, had, yeah. the whole movie is about how coincidences aren't a thing, so they can kind of write it off under that like whole guise that there's no such thing as coincidences. But. Still. That's all I gotta say. And we get into the Arcana Cabana. Arcana Cabana. Jesus Christ. It's just gonna vibrate a lot. Um, and inside the Arcana Cabana... We got hidden Mickeys everywhere! Out the ass. Um... The Dave doesn't even fucking find the note anymore. He's entranced by all the nonsensical, crazy shit around him. And then he knocks a bunch of shit over. Uh, and then Nicolas Cage appears like a crazed maniac, uh, looking middle-aged as ever, uh, with long hair and a cool outfit. 
He's probably the coolest Nicolas Cage has ever it is. It is like a top three Nick Cage outfit. Um, and it, it, there's some fun, chippy dialogue back and forth. And then uh, basically Nick Cage realizes that this is the kid that he needs to find. And he goes to give him Merlin's ring. And the ring unfurls into this little, tiny little dragon that wraps itself around Dave's finger and grips tight. Uh, and then, uh, Balthazar goes downstairs. And he says, stay here, don't touch anything. Which is the number one thing to not tell a child. It's also, Dave, Dave, real talk here, young Dave. Um, and all the other children out there <laughs> who are hopefully not listening to this podcast, because we swear a lot. We say a lot of swears. But if you are, um, if an adult you don't know tells you to... And it's not like a trusted official, like a police officer or something, tells you to stay somewhere. Leave. That is how you get kidnapped, run the fuck away. So I'm going to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. do not, don't do that. No. <laughs> don't, don't do, don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't listen to the weird adult in the trench coat. It's fucking, it's a bad plan. Like, if Dave is smart, he should run very, very far away. So, but I digress. So, a series of child-driven nonsense happens again, and... Well, I mean, the the gobbledygook, the Grimhold, like, knocks itself out of the box, mm-hmm. trying to get to the ring, and, like, get to Dave and try to get out. That's what happens next. It does. It does try to escape, and thus we get Alfred Molina. Yes, crawling out in the form of bugs. Also, you. So now Alfred Molina's there. He doesn't know what year it is. He's mad at Dave because Dave is confused, of course. Uh, and then there's a magic fight, and and this is what happens when you don't follow directions, children. Yeah. Because if Dave hadn't touched the freaking gobbledygook Grimhold, um. None of the rest of this movie would happen. Yeah. He had two rules. Stay there. Don't touch anything. At least he stayed there. You see, that's the one he should have broken. Yeah. Yeah, he should have just left. He should have just taken the ring and left. Um, but, yeah, so this is what happens when you don't follow instructions. And then, yeah, we get a wizarding fight. And what I will say about this movie and wizards and things... Is that we at least follow, like, standard wizarding rule that wizards need a, a con- casting focus. Yeah, like, they need a conduit for their magic. So, like, uh, Merlin's ring. Um, Horvath? Hor- Dude. Horvath. Horvath. Holy shit, man. Horvath has a staff, um, a cane with a jewel on it. What characters are in any of the movies that we've watched? Do you know what any of the characters' names are? Balthazar. What's the name of Avatar in The Last Airbender? Aang. Good job. And it's not Ong. Sorry. It's not Morgana either. Just so mad. What's crazier about that is uh, later they say Abigail Williams' name once and I immediately know who she is, but... 
I don't... Horthrax the... It's not... Horth... Fuck you. Fuck you, dude. You're so... It's not in there. It's not in there. Unreal to me. Anyways. Unfucking real Um, wizarding fight ends with Balthazar and Horvac? Hor- Bro. Horvath. We said it less than a minute ago. And you said it less than a minute ago. And then you go, oh, Horvax? Horvax? I don't know what the name of the bad guy is. They didn't say it enough times in the movie. Balthazar and Horvath get locked in an urn that has, like, a release date of ten years. It's basically like a ten-year imprisonment. Yes. And that's where that ends. Dave runs outside um, because the store is on fire he gets found by his teacher through some other witchcrafty bullshit. That teacher has to be a wizard to have found that kid in the middle of New York City after he literally took off in an aimless direction t- chasing a piece of paper. Facts. Um, and then we realize that everyone thinks Dave's crazy because the store is fine. And it looks like he's wet his pants. So now he's got childhood trauma to go along with his identity crisis. And that's how a kid goes from potentially becoming Channing Tatum to definitely becoming Jay Baruchel. Childhood trauma. It'll make you a nerd. Watch out. Uh, that's why we have so many brainiacs. Just so I you just know, said cue childhood trauma because our protagonist has to be an outcast. Yes. Just so you know, as of time of recording... In approximately 20 minutes, we are going to get absolutely fucked by a storm. I, my... I shit you not, we are going to get absolutely fucked by this storm. Literally all the rain disappeared off my forecast for like the next 10 days. Whatever. Anyways, um... It's 10 years in the future, flash forward, Dave's in college now, living in a tiny-ass apartment... I like that the apartment was realistic for it two dudes living small. in college. It was very small. His dresser is in the kitchen. It's It tracks. Everything about it is correct. I just like that it was a realistic New York apartment expectation, and those two college students probably still couldn't afford that. Yeah, pretty much. Um, But he's living with a roommate, and this is when I'm like, the casting is really good in this movie. I think they did a good job. Um... And then I don't remember why. All I wrote was, why does Dave's life... Oh. Um, I remember now. So his friend is, like, pressuring him to, like, go do things and be part of society and, like, make friends. And Dave's like, I've got my Tesla project that I gotta do. My Tesla coils. I I can't graduate and I've gotta go teach this seminar. I've gotta go give a lecture for this professor that I really like. Blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. And so he doesn't end up doing any things, and then we cut to him setting up for the um, lecture that he's supposed to do. And wind does wind things and blows papers. And that's why I wrote, why does Dave's life suck so much? Because reasons. Or because there's no such thing as coincidence, because that's how he runs into his old flame, Becky. Becky. Did you say Bethany? No, I said Becky. Okay, I heard, oh, you said Becky. Gotcha. Bacay. Bacay. 
Um, and they are reacquainted by him looking up her skirt. And I'm just going to point that out there because that Honestly, definitely did happen. I was like... I mean, Jesus. her legs were crossed, but... I My note specifically says, Jesus Christ, Disney, that's a whole entire crotch. And then Dave, now portrayed by Jay Baruchel instead of Jake Cherry, uh, proceeds to do Dave, Jay Baruchel shit and just be as awkward as humanly possible. And it's it's so relatable how well Jay Baruchel does it. That's what I was going to say. It's so good. Like, for him, it's not cringy watching him be awkward. Like, it just felt... Like, it was relatable. Like, you, we've all been there. Like, some people, when they play o- those awkward characters, it gets it's so just unreal. cringe. It's unbelievable. And like, you're like... It couldn't be like this. Yeah, it feels so cringe, and you're just feeling uncomfortable for them. And this one, like, it was like, yeah, it was like, oh, gosh, that's awkward. But, like, he's so funny that it kind of took that cringe aspect away, which was nice. Um... He ends up talking to Becky after the lecture, um, finds out she's into music, and she works at the radio station, and because coincidences are not a thing, the radio station gets struck by lightning at that moment as they're walking up. And guess who's just the perfect nerd for the job? Jay Baruchel. So Dave goes in there, he fixes the whole setup, he saves the day, he wins the girl over, and uh, I will say this though, like, he goes on this big long lecture, and he's like doing all this stuff, and I was like, you know what? Nerds are cool. They're awkward as hell, we're all awkward as hell. But like, when you see a nerd go off in like, their thing, it's just, it's really cool. It's, it's like when... I see James really get into DMing or playing music or um, when he wins a game, like seeing a nerd in their zone is just like the coolest thing. I'm, I'm sure I have a zone. I don't know what it is, but I'm sure I have one. I hope it also looks cool. Um, and then, yeah. We are uh, shown Dave's lab. Dave's lab is a, we don't know it yet, but we find out later, it's a old subway turnaround spot that is disused by the New York City subway people. Uh, and therefore, he is just allowed to set up a monstrous Tesla coil project in it, which is dope as hell. Um so that's sort of like he's just down there doing the damn thing his friends there uh because he gets mad at him that he didn't ask becky out um and he make uh dave says a line and uh benet which is his friend's name bennett is it bennett benet bennett benet i'm fine guys i promise Benet? Bennett? <laughs> he doesn't even get called anything close to Benet in the movie. He's only referred to as Bennett. They don't even say something that's similar to Benet. Benet? Did he sound like a French motherfucker to you? Did he go out there going, wee wee? <laughs> that's racist. That's French. <laughs> 
And I think it's just how I wrote it. How do you say my name is Benet in French? Je m'appelle Benet. Je m'appelle Benet. That never happened. It's Bennett. Bennett. And he's like, he's from Brooklyn or some shit. Like, it's. My notes are irrelevant anymore. Just go on. Benet. <laughs> I cannot with you in the names in this. The simple names. In, there's like four characters in the movie, dude. How do you fuck up all of them? Um. What's David's last name? Starts with an S. Good. Do you know what the last letters are? It's Dave's. It's ER. Dave S. Dave ER. Stutler. Yeah, see? Yeah, good. Okay. You know something. Um, That's helpful. And then we get to see Dave's. Because now my note's completely irrelevant. We're just going to slide right by that. Uh, we get to see Dave's Tesla coil project go off. And it's honestly, you know, I have a tattoo on my foot that says uh, there are many kinds of magic. And science is just a form of magic. Because what Dave does with these fucking Tesla coils is honestly cooler than like 90% of the movie. <laughs> like the magic cool. in the movie. It's, it's pretty cool. I would love to go watch like those Tesla coils in real life. I think they'd be really cool. They make music. They react to music. It's Which honestly we see later. Really cool. Um, but now we have to have Horvath and uh, Balthazar escape from the giant urn that they were sucked into. Yeah, because it's been ten years. And Horvath comes out first in the home of this elderly couple. He pops out and he says, did I get out first? And the wife of this couple... Faints. Faints. Dead away. Which, you know, if a random person just jumped out of an antique pot in my house, I probably would faint too. Or run. Or... Commit violence. Yeah, I'd probably start throwing things at it. (laughs) That's fair. Um, He assumes that... he, He rightly assumes he is first. Grabs the urn, uses magic to open up a window, and yeets that motherfucker. Uh, now if this... home had been four stories lower in this skyscraper, uh, Balthazar would be dead. I don't know what would happen to him. Like, I don't know what happens, because he's just dust in there, so, like... Disperse across the street. Yeah, I'm not really sure what would happen. Like, does he get to, like... Would just be harder for him to, like, pull himself together? Like, I I don't know. The the amount of violence that Horvath and Balthazar enact upon each other really risen... It it reminds me a lot of, like, Tom and Jerry. They're very superhuman. In that they they are constantly doing, like, next to lethal damage to each other and never get hurt. They got a lot of hit points. They got level 20 fucking wizard hit points, dude. I mean, they... Balthazar does say he's, uh... Which I have never... 777th degree wizard. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but it's something. Um, um, and then... I just have like three, four notes straight about how the dialogue is good. Uh, Balthazar, by the skin of his teeth, clutches a ledge and doesn't whatever would happen if he broke with the pot on the ground. Um, and I just wrote, lucky grab. Um, Incredibly lucky. And then we jump back to Dave's apartment, where he is in his fridge, and unobservant as hell for someone who lives in a poor part of New York City. And becomes accosted by Alfred Molina. Um, by Horvath. Wow, I'm very impressed. Um, 
who sits there and just goes off about how awful a paper that Dave wrote when he was nine was. And I'm, he was like, your prose is weak, blah, blah, blah. Like, actually, like, an AP critique of this kid's paper. I was like, why are we overjudging a nine-year-old's work? Like, I think the question is, how did this good of dialogue make it into a movie from 2010 and then no one appreciated it? Because what followed this was Disney getting the Marvel Cinematic Universe writers to write similar chippy dialogue, but after like three movies, it lost all of its authenticness. And it was just, it just the rest of the scripts in the Marvel Universe have just been one liner after one liner. And like, this is just, this is refreshing because it's like conversational flow dialogue that's good. And it's rare to get that from the Mega Mouse Corporation ever. And can we just talk about how calm Dave is about finding a stranger in his apartment that he doesn't know? Maybe that's why he just, just doesn't react to it at first. It's like maybe he's had strangers in his apartment before and just goes, oh, <laughs> you know, all right. When you live in the poor part of New York City, I can't... random homeless people probably wander in every once in a while. It's like, why are you in my living room? Can you leave, please? And then I, but I still love that he has a whole conversation with this dude about the fact that it was like, he was nine and it was his paper and he still isn't questioning anything about this situation. Um, and then magic fight. Magic fight. No, not really. And then, uh, chased by wolves. Well, that's what I meant by, like, magic fight. There's, like, a chase oh. by wolves, Balthazar shows up. It's a whole act. It's a whole thing. The wolves get turned into puppies at one point and almost run over by a train, and I was very stressed out. I've seen the movie, and I didn't remember if the puppies made it or not. I read, like, two notes before I realized I wasn't supposed to be reading the notes yet, and uh, they used real wolves, like, trained wolves. No way! For the wolves, but the wolves were, like, overly happy and affectionate, so they had to, like, use tracking software and stuff so that they could write or tr create angry, snarly faces for the wolves and, like, attach them to their bodies. That happens quite frequently, because, like, you get these dogs on set that are supposed to be, like, angry or grumpy, and, like, their tails are wagging because they're just so happy to be doing their damn job. They're like, this is great. I get to do the thing that I've been working on, and I get treats when I do the thing well. And so they're just so happy on set, and their tails are wagging, and so a lot of times they'll have to go and, like, CGI the tail so that it's down or, like, still. Dog movies are hard. Because the dogs are just so fucking happy to be doing their damn job. So, yeah, they use real wolves, which is cool. Um... Uh, we chase Jay around the city a little bit, and then Balthazar shows up to save the day. And save the puppies. And saves the puppies. Because uh, the wolves... Turning into pieces of paper before they get the wolves flattened got by a train. Turned into puppies by Balthazar, because they were about to attack Dave, and then he turns the puppies into pieces of paper. So, the puppies are okay, is the moral of this story. Um, And then... We do get some more quippy dialogue between Dave and Balthazar. And all I've got to say is I like Nick Cage. He's funny, dude. I said what I said. He's funny. I liked him before this movie. But I also... Watch out. I like the band Nickelback, too. So. 
That's it. I think you have to leave. I think I'm I think I'm gonna get hung by the internet. It's fine. Jesus. Um it's a metaphorical hanging because it's the internet, James. Whatever. Uh the acting is really good in this movie. I will also say that. Everyone acted their ass off. The dialogue was delivered well. The comedic timing was there all the time. The physical acting was good. Like, it was really well acted. This is the second movie we've watched where I've just watched all the actors be really good at their fucking job. Like, I don't know. It's it's relieving. It's relieving. I think the direction was also quite good because this was was John Turtletaub, I think. Yeah. And he's not, like, the most famous director, but he's done some stuff that's good. Like, he's done Cool Runnings. Uh... Fuck, it sorts it backwards. He did National <coughs> Treasure 1 and 2. I figured. Like, and those movies are also really good. Yes. Did Phenomenon. Like, he's done some really good shit. And he's, like, he's got the capabilities. But, man, he really killed it with this one, I think. Um... Then Balthazar, they go and pick up Balthazar's car, and Balthazar kind of gives Dave the short rundown of what's going on, and the ring, and everything like that. Um, and he, Dave's like, I don't want this, I just want to live a normal life, blah blah blah. Balthazar's like, fine, well it's your fault that the Grimhold is lost, so you're gonna help me get it back, and if you want to be done after that, you're done. And Dave agrees, for some reason, as long as Balthazar um, puts his dresser back, which Balthazar had summoned to the Empire State Building to get the ring. Um, and so we go to hunt down the Grimhold, which he says is downtown, but we're in New York, and we end up the Grimhold is in Chinatown. And you want to know what is not the same thing? Downtown New York, downtown Manhattan, and Chinatown Manhattan are not the same thing. I don't even think they're close to each other. And now I've got to go look. I don't know. I've never been to New York, so I don't know what. Well, actually, I'll look while we're on break, because I don't want to take up time, because we're coming to the end of this episode. But we find out the Grimhold's in Chinatown. We go there. Balthazar is also there. Um, he, once again, is faster. Or not Balthazar. Uh, Horvath is the, also there, and he's once again faster than Balthazar. Somehow. Like, he always ends up places first. Um... And he has already infiltrated the place and found the Grimhold and released someone before we even get there. And I blame this whole little rendezvous on top of the Empire State Building for that. Um, but we go and another magic fight breaks out between this other wizard who was just released from the Grimhold. In the middle of a parade, for some reason, I'm assuming maybe it's the Chinese New Year. I really got no idea what's happening. They it's don't explain it. 
It's not clear. Um, and there's just a big party in the streets in Chinatown, and I think they just did it so they could have a dragon. I'm gonna yeah. say they did it just so they could have a dragon. I reckon that's probably true. Um, and that's where we're gonna leave off, is before we get into this next wizard fight. So, yeah. Any last thoughts before we wrap this up, James? Mm. I have a lot of notes to get through in the next part, but... Not really. I mean, we could have kept going, but... Do you want to keep going? We can keep going. No, because Chinatown's pretty close to... Is it downtown? Oh, no. Close to half... I thought you were looking at a map. All right. Well, we will look at a map and get back to you guys in the next part.